Hello everyone and welcome back to Young Professionals Guide where we inform you about careers and industries to help you build your own future. Now today we're going to be talking with an interviewer about well interviews but before we do I'd like to introduce Eric who is going to be co-hosting this episode with me. Eric? Hi my name is Eric I'm 42 years old working with Renstad for the last five years and been in IT for the last 15 to 20 years. Thank you right in. You're welcome. And uh, as a guest, we have here uh, Sebastian from Doghouse Recruitment. Sebastian, welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. Can you tell us a bit about yourself and what you do as a recruiter? Well, my name is Sebastian, obviously. I am uh, 30 years old. I've been uh, working in uh, recruitment now for five years at uh, Doghouse Recruitment. Uh, Doghouse Recruitment is a small boutique firm. We specialize in recruitment for IT. Mm -hmm. um, well, I think we work together with roughly 40 to 50 completely different organizations in the Netherlands, small to big. And uh, well, we help uh, professionals find a new step in their career. Uh, I've been studying sociology. After that, kind of stumbled onto the job market and uh, well, ended up in recruitment. And uh, I've been liking it very much. And for me, the topic of this podcast was very interesting because it feels uh, like, well, it, it resonates with my own path of studying something that totally has nothing to do with what I'm doing right now. Sounds interesting. You said you've been doing this for five years uh, for IT, is that correct? Yeah, correct. Well, almost five years, December 2015, I started and basically worked my way up from being a recruiter to being a senior recruiter to being a team lead and starting as a partner in our firm from January 2021. That's, uh, that's good news for you. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, Thank you very much. Congratulations, man. You obviously have experience as a recruiter, right? The main question that we got from the audience and the people that are going to be having to do with recruitments and interviews in the future is what is your expectation from, uh, from a good interview? looking from organizational perspective so what i expect uh, when i'm well on the on the hiring side of the table i would be looking for somebody that is mostly well prepared and has set his or hers expectation right on what he wants to get or she wants to get out of the interview i think that's most important and what kind of preparation do you have in mind? Do you mean more read about the company, about the role, about the, the interviewer company, check your LinkedIn profile? That's a good question. Um, I think when it comes to preparation, it's also for a candidate set, setting your expectations for yourself. So importance for me is that you know what you want to get out of the interview. And um, obviously to know what you want to get out of an interview means you're going to have to do some research because you're going to uh, you're going to talk to a company and um, for me to join a company, I would have, well, some, some benchmarks for myself or some indications that I think, okay, A, B and C are important topics for me. Then I want to find a little bit out or do a little bit of research on where the company stands on these A, B and C points. And I'll prepare a bit or I'll, I'll put, want to prepare a bit to um, basically get those questions answered. So when it comes to preparation, I think the main thing is knowing what you want to get out of this interview and making sure that you know how to get it. Uh, Sebastian, is there a way for a candidate to show even before the interview begins that they are prepared? 
Uh, yeah, sure. There's obviously multiple ways to do that. And uh, one that I usually really like is, um, well, if you've done some research on uh, either the company website or a little bit on the topics that have been in the news or maybe even the interview partner. And again, the research that you do kind of depends on what you want to get out of the interview. But you have some information left, right or center about the company or the people that you're going to talk with. So. I would try to use that already in an informal state. So before the actual interview begins, I would maybe um, you walk together to the interview room or to the elevator. You can mention a little bit like, hey, I saw, by the way, I saw that uh, that you guys have been, uh, been hiring uh, 25 new people this year. Well, that's massive. Or you can say, hey, I saw it before you, uh, you worked at X company. Uh, that's actually a cool company as well. Why did you join here? And just, well, basically gives you two advantages. One is to break the ice a little bit, I guess. And the other one is to show informally that you've, definitely prepared so that's on the informal part before the interview starts basically and when it comes to sitting in an actual interview i myself always uh, tell the candidates to to also prepare questions uh, and it's not wrong to write them down and it's definitely not wrong to bring them along either on an ipad or uh, on a little list or a cart or whatever and just when the interview starts ask is it okay if i put these notes here because i have some uh, some things prepared it shows also preparation right away a small follow-up question though you mentioned a lot about the business side of preparation so the company uh, those kind of things yeah how important it is to use potentially personal information in breaking the ice so if you see for instance that you've just finished the marathon of amsterdam for instance and you're a runner yourself, is that something you should use in the ice breaking? Well, I think when it comes to ice breaking, that's even a better option maybe to do it on a personal level. But then it depends on how much you prepared and did research on the people that you're going to talk with. And I know from experience that it's not always very clear for people who they're going to talk with. So that can be a bit of an We'll call it an ambush or an unknown factor in the interview. Sometimes people will, will shift or other people will join or the one that sends you the invitation is not the one that's going to do the actual interview with you. Um, so this is why I mentioned more on the uh, ice breaking part, more on the company or news site or whatever. But if you know who you're going to talk to and uh, you've been able to do a little bit of research or check their LinkedIn page or check their social media and see what they're up to, then I think that's an even better way to break the ice because it breaks the ice on a personal level and it, it, it's, it's taken, well, I don't know, it, it takes it away a bit from the whole heavy professionalism of an interview or the, uh, the pressure that's, that's felt, basically. Candidates, obviously, especially when it's the, the first interview. With you, I remember I also had an interview with you in the past, uh, a couple of years ago. It was also, I would say, one of the first, if I count on my, uh, count, count my fingers. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you think that there are some certain aspects which are important to uh, keep in mind while you're in an interview or preparing for one? So um, I would say dressing up, behaving, uh, how you act. Do you see anything there that might be important for a candidate to know? Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of answers to this question. Yes, I do. I do see that. I do. I do see a lot of topics that you can uh, um, that you can prepare and that you can uh, can take along. Do you want me to just pick one, or you want to focus me on a specific one, like 
behavior, appearance. Say, let's start with appearance. Appearance is something that you get as a first impression. This yeah. is the first image that you see of a candidate that you have never seen before. Yeah. Uh, what is your expectations from appearance? Um, I would say that first things first, this is 2020. So I think people should definitely be or dare to be themselves. So the whole I'll suit up. I think that's not from this time and this from this day and age anymore, basically. So I think you should definitely be yourself, but you do need to keep in mind that you make a first impression and first impression usually sticks very long. So I would always say, okay, I want to have a decent appearance, but I don't have to exaggerate it. I want to keep it kind of close to myself as well. So you need to find a bit of a balance there, which can be difficult, but unless you're interviewing for a branch that you really know you need to be very formal. I would always suggest not to go too formal, but wear a shirt that's suitable, but keep it a bit to yourself as well. And what would be the uh, more formal branches in your opinion? Well, in general, uh, finance. Uh, insurance. Insurance, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Insurance, asset management, finance. Uh, not sure what the branch law is called, but everything <laughs> has to do with law. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what do you think about behavior during an interview? Some questions that we got were about the fact that they see themselves putting themselves in a position which is under the recruiter. So they see the recruiter as someone who is above them. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Is it something that is needed, something that you should avoid? Do you see it as a weakness, maybe? Mm. Well, I wouldn't say it's the weakness because Whenever you do that, you do it with the best intentions. Uh, so I would not recognize it myself as, oh, this is a weak person because he's doing that. It's a behavior that's basically a result from how interviews have been done in the past. But I think we're past that. So I think you, you should consider interviews as a two-way street. That's always what I try to recommend candidates as well. They want, they need to want you, definitely. They need to want to hire you, but you also need to want them. It, it's mutual. So I would try to, to keep it on, a, well, on the same level and try to uh, not be too obedient. And also, therefore, a good preparation is necessary because if you don't prepare, you're going to end up in a Q&A modus where I'm getting a lot of questions fired on me and I'm just answering them and I'm... I'm not really allowing myself to be on the same level because I'm not prepared, because I didn't bring questions. So, uh, What if you don't know the answer? If you're getting into the Q&A mode, how do you respond? When you don't know the answer to a question, well, either if it's in a Q&A or in a more mutual aligned conversation, it's, I think it's the same. There's three ways to go when you don't know uh, an answer to a question. You can either uh, start talking bullshit or talk about stuff you don't know bluntly say that you don't know or you can state that you don't know but share some thoughts and share some some things that you're considering in your mind the latter is the way to go in my opinion when people try to wiggle their way out of position when they don't know i always yeah i don't know you recognize that when you're on the other side of the table so you shouldn't do that so people that are stating that they don't know i like that because that's open that's blunt they are showing vulnerability but they're also showing they're self-aware of what they know and what they don't know so that's a good way to go and you can add a little bit on top of that by well by sharing sharing thoughts or whatever to to show 
your thinking process and just give them some more insights than just, I don't know, within IT in general. If I would ask Rady on a really specific question about a monitoring tool or whatever, and he wouldn't know the answer and he can say, I don't know, but he can also say, well, but if I had to find out on the job, I would take X route or I would go to see this and this person to try to find it out or Another way is to say I've worked with uh, similar tools that are working conceptually like this and that. And I can imagine it's the same. But then again, I don't know because I didn't touch it. So you can always uh, say you will check on Google. That's something you can always say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How do you look at that, by the way, if a candidate says uh, he'll check it on Google? Might depend on the question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably more for the for the technical world. Yeah, I don't know. I um, it's a it's 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 a funny answer, and it's an answer to think about. But it's an answer that has been given a lot of times already. So I think a lot of interviewers have heard that answer. So then I'd rather stick with stating I don't know and trying to show some insight. It's too mainstream by now. I think I think that's uh, yeah. I think that's a question that's become of that became really mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, and don't stick to Google. You no, know, no, I would go to Google, Google, but also give other options where you can find the answer, like colleagues or uh, books or library or uh, watching a documentary about this specific topic. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's uh, it's about it's about showing how you think, and if how you think is I'll solve it with Google, it's also fine. You're you're already showing more, and you're already doing better than talking bullshit. So. For you, uh, and in general, um, it's important to understand in an interview, you have the set of skills which you can see on your CV, should be on them at least, but what a recruiter would not see on a CV would be a way of thinking. What would be your best way of finding that out? I have multiple ways to do that, but I know a lot of companies, like there's a, there's a lot of different ways that companies can approach that. I know some of them will try to engage more in a personal conversations and just try to see how somebody copes and how they their normal line of thinking is and what they do in their free time and try to kind of make a judgment based on that. I know some companies that are gonna ask questions like how many golf balls are fitting in a Boeing uh, 373, <laughs> which is a bit old school. I know also companies that will try to give you some sort of analytical case and just try to see how you cope with it. Not per se looking for the correct answer to the case, but trying to see, hey, what kind of steps is he taking? If you're asking me what I do personally, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I, I think I, I, I try to, to get like this piece of information, how somebody thinks and, and how, how, uh, how analytic he is. I think I, I try to pick that up between the lines, just having a normal conversation with somebody, both about personal stuff, both about professional stuff. And then maybe kind of from my gut feeling and kind of from the way he reacts to questions or she reacts to questions, I'll be kind of making a judgment on how somebody's line of thinking is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. You mentioned uh, earlier that one part of being prepared is having some questions. What kind of questions do you have in mind that you usually like to hear from a candidate and which ones do you not like to hear? Good question. <laughs> uh, we came prepared. <laughs> well, again, it comes kind of, it, it's, that comes with the preparation again. So what kind of questions do you want somebody to ask? It depends on what somebody uh, thinks is important for, for his or her role. Well, for instance, growth. 
pretty general topic, but if for me it's growing further in my professional career and being supported by that and maybe the opportunity to do some education on the job, etc., that's an important topic for me. So I establish that as a topic that I want to uh, that I want to see with my next employer. Then what I like in line of questioning and what I don't like in line of questioning, but what I like in line of questioning, if you really think about what you want from that because that's a, it's a broad topic so then then think about okay how would i want to be supported in that and may that be uh, i want to do certificates and i want to gain a and b certificate then you can ask about the possibilities on such a specific track or if you like to engage in knowledge sessions you can ask some questions on if they are already organizing that and how it would be if you initiate such a thing and if there's certain people within the company and uh, what you notice with these questions is that they're already pretty specific and pretty deep and that's what i like about questions or that that are questions that i like when they are well thought and go a bit more deeper than hey what do you guys do on personal growth which is a generic question. Yeah, but also about follow-up questions on the question you're asking as well. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. I mean, if training is really important for you and you ask, uh, do you provide training? Yes. And then go on to the next topic. That's for me uh, not really uh, pleasant. Exactly. I would like, uh, okay, what kind of training do you provide? And exactly. what if I want to uh, have follow training X, but on the job I need training I, uh, Y? You know, what? how do you cope with that within the company? Yeah. Is that what you're saying as well? Well, yeah, it is. It is in the in the deeper layers of the questioning. So indeed, it's if when it's about training, it's about what kind of track courses are there. How can I attend? What uh, do I need to do to attend? Which ones are there possible? Instead of just saying, "Can I do training?" And I always, by the way, suggest because. Usually I prepare candidates for these interviews and I'll ask them, what kind of questions do you going to ask? And if they're going to ask me, if, and if they say, well, I'm going to ask um, uh, if I can follow trainings and do a certificate track, I'm saying, all right, good. Which ones do you want to do? And you'll be surprised how many people don't have an answer to that ready. So if you're going to ask such a question, <laughs> what do you want from it? Because these are... Well, counter questions you can expect. You actually asked me that as well back in the day. Yeah. What was your answer? Uh, my answer was very specific. Well, close to specific. Back then, we were talking about uh, that was Azure and O365. Yeah. And this was at the period when I was just starting with it. And I told you that I want to do more Azure certificates, but I wasn't sure which ones they were. Uh, this In this case, would you like to hear the exact one or the fact that I'm more enthusiastic about it and that I want to do this? Um, well, I would actually be, like, if you're really enthusiastic about it and you really want to do that, then you must have done some research. So then at least I would want to know, okay, which side of the track do you want to go to? And you don't have to tell me, oh, I want to do 301 and uh, whatever, 401, and mm-hmm. then combined I have this. No, that, like I don't need the, the exact details, but already knowing that you want to go into the Azure certification track and you did some research on what's out there, you don't know which one you're going to pick, but at least in that area, that's definitely enough. But uh, would you blank there and would you tell me, oh, yeah, I actually don't know. Then I'm like, okay, that's weird. Or then, then for me, that would be less of an impression or less of a good impression. 